at any one moment, there could be a million or an infinite amount of other things that you could be doing. But you're here right now watching or listening to this program. And by doing that, you have cut off the other million or infinite possibilities that you could enact on on any minute to choose to do one finite thing. Now, what determines that decision? It is the belief systems you hold and the hierarchy of values that you operate with. Hi, I'm Vaughn. Today we're going to discuss and go through what beliefs are and what belief systems are in relation to goal achievement and your personal life. Now, I want you to ask yourself, what do you believe to be true about you? What do you believe to be true about your potential? What do you believe that you must change in order for your goals to manifest and become real? I guess it's important going forward to know that you don't have to believe anything that I'm saying. In fact, I challenge you to take what you learn, apply it in your own life, and notice the results. Like experiment using your own life as, a, as, a, as the, the litmus test for what works and what doesn't. And because I've done a lot of research and a lot of work and a lot of personal tests with myself through my clients' work to find out what works and what doesn't. And you know, I'd like you to, to challenge yourself to do that because belief systems and belief structures and the values we hold are going to determine how we are going to act. And that's critically important to understand because after doing all the exercises on setting a goal, setting a vision for your life, you know, most people think that they have a problem with productivity. They have a problem with taking action. Well, that's true, but the reason they have problems with it is because their belief systems and value structures never, ever get right. And there's this constant struggle. Uh, the word praxis comes to mind, the integration of belief and action. And it's like, if I just had a better tool, if I just knew how to structure my day better, if I just knew how to do this thing better, then I would act accordingly. And that's just not true. We see it time and time again. It's the way we value our uh, life. It's the way we operate with our value hierarchy. And it's the way our belief systems are sort of structured. So the way you need to think of beliefs in this lesson are they're not religious or dogmatic. They're about the belief systems for your personal power, your own intrinsic life. The way you think and talk to yourself will always reflect the beliefs that you hold. So, for example, if you have a belief that love equals pain, then all relationships are going to be scarred by that because you're going to see them as painful. And this can be a continuing belief pattern for many, many years, and it will end up resulting in sabotaged and failed relationships. If you have a belief that you're not enough, you may start things, but you'll never finish. Or you may revert back to old habits as soon as the first obstacle in your quest comes to be. Because fundamentally, as the hero, you haven't changed the belief systems you need to operate with. Now, we're going to discuss beliefs and then get into values. And if we look at beliefs, we're going to take an existential viewpoint. What does this mean? It means that the objective is the object and the object is not subjective. So, for example, if I hold up a water bottle, we're not going to look at the water bottle and say, hmm, is this really a water bottle? No, the water bottle is a water bottle. That's what we're going to look at it as. Your belief systems are your belief systems. We're not going to question them as if reality doesn't exist. So let's look at the belief system. What is it? Well, it's a moral guideline. What is it a moral guideline of? It's a moral guideline of how you behave in the world and how you perceive the world to be. Uh, if we look at what belief systems help us do, 
Well, they help us to identify and relate to reality. You know, if we didn't have them, the world would be chaotic. It'd be constantly chaotic. Like belief systems allow us to bring order and allow us to perceive the world. They help us to identify and relate to reality. Uh, Beliefs essentially define an inward conviction and give us a certainty to how life and reality truly is. Is being relative to how you perceive it. And that's why so many people have different beliefs about how they see the world. Belief systems help us to regulate emotion. This is a good way to think about it. You know, if you're having a bad day, you can typically trace it back to the belief that you have. Someone wronged you. You know, somewhere in the day, your belief systems have values and the values got wronged along the way and they regulated a certain type of mood or behavior. So if you go a little deeper now, okay, so in our belief systems, what are they? Well, let's say they're a moral guide for how we believe, uh, perceive the world and how we behave in the world. Well, why should we have moral guidelines? Well, because we cannot look at anything in our life without a value hierarchy. So if we take it another level, values are rules for life. They're how life should operate. You know, if I'm an honest person, then everyone I need to operate with must be honest. That must be a core value. And if you're an honest person, you say, of course that's true. That's, of course that's how it should be. That's how the world should behave and how it should be accordingly. But is it true that there might be other people in the world who do not value honesty at all? Absolutely. And so when we meet those people, it, it just completely robs us the wrong way. Why? Because our values are totally in misalignment. If somebody value, uh, violates those values, it can trigger an emotional response and that can change the way we feel. We often discard people like that and do everything we can to avoid being around those sorts of people because of what chain of events that triggers. So it's true that not everyone's going to share the same values you do. And that might sound obvious, but common sense is not common practice. You're going to want to be around people that have similar values to you. Otherwise, you're going to be in total disarray and your life will be a mess. So how do we understand what a value hierarchy is? An easy self-experiment you can run is where are you right now? Have a look around you. Whatever you notice with your physical eyesight was picked up because of the value hierarchy. So you're listening to this right now or you're watching it. You're seeing what you're seeing and you're hearing what you're hearing. That is the reason you're even looking at it is because it's determined by your values. You value learning. You value the information because it's going to move you in a certain direction. But you are not paying attention to everything else that's going on. That's what I was saying. You are disregarding the million or the infinite other possibilities at any one time you could be enacting. So your values are picking up on the thing that you want to focus on because that's what you're going to use to act in accordance with. So you know there's a ceiling above you, there's a wall, there's a floor, there's a ground. We know that there's a certain color, there's infinite amount of other colors. We might look at the carpet and say it's green, but really it's got green, yellow, maybe brown in there, it's got white, it's got an infinite shade of color in between. Uh, You may not even notice the color of the seat you're on. Now here's the test. If we pulled you out of your space and you weren't really thinking about it and asked you to recite and give me back the exact size of the room, the color of the room, the shape of the walls, the shape of the space around you and everything. Maybe the person next to you, what were they wearing top to bottom? What was the style of their hair? You wouldn't know. Why? Because your value hierarchy did not deem it necessary to remember that because values also uh, teach our brain and tell our brain what we should recall and remember as being important for future learning so we survive and we thrive in the world. So 
if you value learning, you're going to absorb these lessons. If you value accomplishment, you'll finish them faster than anyone else because that's what you value. If you value time, you'll probably listen to this as you drive so you kill two birds with one stone, right? Values go on and on and on. They're very, very important because they are the way in which we operate and the rules for how our life operates. Now, value systems structure we see the world and we don't see anywhere near as much as we think we do. There's an example you can look at. Uh, in 1998, uh, Daniel Simons and Daniel Levin created what that's called the door study. Very famous experiment. You can YouTube this to see it played out. It's only about a minute long or so. But essentially, um, and I'll explain it the best I can, there was a student who is posing as a tourist. He has a map. And he finds a member of the public and just asks for directions. And the member of the public is just standing there, pointing at the map, telling him where to go. And the student's there with the map holding it. Meanwhile, there's two other students who are holding a door that's shielding themselves so they can't be seen uh, by the member of the public giving them directions, giving, give, giving the student with the map directions. So these two students holding the door, they walk along and they cut between uh, the two people. So member of the public's here and you've got the student asking for directions with the map here. The door cuts them off completely. So for a moment in time, the door is shielding the member of the public from the student with the map. Now, this student quickly grabs the door, gives the map to another student holding the door, and they swap. Effectively, it's a new person holding the same map. Completely different human being, though. The door continues, and the member of the public continues pointing to the map and doesn't worry about the interruption at all, doesn't question it really, just points to the map and keeps giving directions to this entirely new person. It's phenomenal because in 50% of cases, 50%, the member of the public does not notice that it's an entirely different human being asking for the same directions. It's really amazing. You'd probably think, well, I wouldn't be one of those. Would you now? You know, we don't know. We, 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 we could think we wouldn't be that quote unquote silly, but the object of the exercise wasn't about proving ignorance. It was about value hierarchies. Clearly this guy, there's a lot of lessons you could pull from that. Clearly, he valued helping and sticking with what he was seeing and did not really notice. In 50% of cases, this is proven across the board to be true. So we don't notice what we don't focus. What we focus on is determined by our value hierarchy. And that's important. That's why it's critical we have a goal we're aiming for. It's critical we make that decision because then it allows us to focus our energy in the right direction. We start to then, we then need to understand we need to realize our actions towards the goal will be dedicated and dictated by the beliefs and the values we hold. So we need to make some changes there because we may not have the right ones propelling us forward. So you have values that you also don't know about. And you'll know this because you're going to get, have you ever been attracted to someone that was just totally wrong for you, (laughs) right? Or you've gone into a, you've started a program with all the best intention, but you didn't finish it. Well, that's because there are values you probably just don't know about. Now, the more integrated you are as a human being, the more control you have over these values and beliefs. And that's my goal for you in this program. I'm going to quote something here from Jordan Peterson. He said, You are a loose collection of arguing sub-personalities that are directed to a goal, but it depends how committed you are, how much you've thought it through, how much you buy into it, and how many contradictions you've ironed out. But your values govern what you look at. 
I think this is really important. It's why you don't have to believe anything I'm saying. You, you have to work out the contradictions for yourself. You know you've got a goal you're aiming for. And even if you didn't have a goal that you consciously chose, you have something you're aiming for. It's everybody does. It could be a low-hanging fruit, but there's something we're always moving towards. Now, we've brought order to our life. We've removed a lot of chaos because we're now we've gotten super specific about our goals. We've gotten sp- super specific about our vision. So it makes us feel a lot more certain about why we're doing what we're doing and where we're going. Uh, but you're going to have internal battles. You know, part of the hero's journey, you've got these beliefs inside you that are going to be contradicting each other and going to be fighting each other. You're going to have sub-personalities that are going to be sort of ruling the roost, trying to get their voice heard. The narrative you tell yourself and the voice that you give the most power to is going to control how you act. That's sort of the way I like to think of it. If you have a predominant sub-personality that is constantly jealous and envious and bitter, and that's the voice inside you you're giving the most strength and power to, your belief systems are going to be fueled and your values are going to be in accordance with that. So it's unlikely you're going to be a high performer because you're going to be bitter, right? And so that's why it's really important we're aware of this. I think the first step to change your beliefs is that you become aware of the beliefs you hold by noticing the internal dialogue that's going on inside you. The more you notice what you're saying to yourself, you start to realize what the fruit of that becomes. Well, it becomes part of the way you act and you only act in accordance with that. So it's almost stupid to think you should change your actions without going to your beliefs first, right? Like, because that will result in very low motivation and you'll only go for a little bit of time. You know, you see that playing out in the gyms a lot. There's a reason people join a gym in January and they drop out by March. Most of the time they get the right program, they get the right trainer, they've got the equipment. Well, they've got their goal, don't they? They want to lose weight or gain weight or have a ripped body or run a marathon. Okay, but that's not enough. What doesn't change for most people are the belief systems that got them to where they are and the values they hold. Now, if they change those values and if they change the beliefs about why going to the gym is important, they change the beliefs about their own physical appearance, they change the beliefs about their self-image and the fact they can do it and they can achieve their goal, well, that's when those people get to where they want to go. And like I said, most people do this unconsciously. They're not aware this is the process and so we're taking a conscious directive on this. So we know values are a rule book for life. Do you know what you value? You know, do you value integrity, honesty, loyalty, uh, dishonesty? Do you, do you, what do you value? Speaking up or not speaking up? Like the values list is huge, but it pays to sort of know what you value. Do you value thinking through ideas before you act? Like wh- what are the values that you actually hold in your life? David Hume, he famously posited that you cannot derive an ought from an is. So merely knowing the objective facts about something does not tell you how to implement the facts into your life. So essentially, there's a gap to close, the knowing and doing gap. So in this course, you're learning how to do things. I'm showing you why a lesson works, what it means, how to do it with a little call to action or an exercise so you integrate your learning. It's fundamentally starting to shift and change your behavior and your belief systems and your value hierarchy, but it still doesn't really teach you how to do it, right, in the world. That's what you have to do. That's your part of the deal. You've got to go and act. That's why I can't take responsibility for your results because you have to apply it in the world and see what actually works for you. And that in and of itself is what we refer to as learning, right? That's the actual learning. It's applying the lesson, noticing the result of the lesson, and then integrating that into our own life. 
so it becomes a conditioned part of our behavior. So we must act, and we act in accordance with our values, and your values belong to your belief systems. Now, what we should start with is identifying limiting beliefs. What, are, what is a limiting belief that you hold in your life about the success you're looking for? The, another way you can think about this is uh, what's a predominant emotional mood that you're in? So if you've got a predominant mood or emotion that's inherently a negative one, look, remember negative emotions are not bad. They're incredibly positive to have because they guide you toward where you need to go. And that in and of itself is actually positive. So it's not about not feeling bad. It's about noticing the pattern, right? What emotional state are you in predominantly? Because that will then link back to belief systems that you may hold. Or you do hold, I should say, not may hold. So for example, ask yourself some questions. Do you believe you can overcome any obstacle that comes your way? Do you believe you're resourceful enough to figure out any problem? Do you believe that you can achieve whatever goal you set? What your answers were in that, there'll be yes or no answers, but what narrative do you tell yourself inside about those questions? Because you're going to write out, as part of your exercise now, three limiting beliefs that you hold. And they're not big ones. Often they'll be, they they may not appear very big, but... The easy way to identify them is what are you telling yourself about your current situation? Why don't you think you can go and achieve your goal? Like you might have written it down and got a vision, but fundamentally do you believe you can achieve that? Now, if not, knowing your limiting beliefs, what you do then is you look at the opposite side of that. The opposite side of a limiting belief is the belief you want to instill. That's the empowering belief. And the tricky part is that if you've been lying to yourself for long enough, It's going, it's going to be a bit of a battle for you to integrate a belief you don't inherently believe. Okay, that sounds like a mouthful, but if you fundamentally don't believe you can achieve a goal, and then you start telling yourself, I can do this, if you don't truly attach emo- the right emotion to that, and you don't actually integrate that into your core, and you don't believe it, you're fundamentally lying to yourself. And that's going to keep you trapped. So what we've got to do is identify the negative belief or the limiting belief, I should say. And then we have to look at the opposite belief. When we identify the opposite belief, that is, the, that is going to create values that are in alignment with that belief. And that's going to create an action from that belief. And that's the integration we want. Now, on that side of things, it will change our, it'll regulate our mood and our emotions better. And what we must continually do is propel ourselves towards the empowering and new belief system. We must move our thinking towards that. You know, if you ask yourself, well, no, I, you know, I don't really believe I can achieve my goals. You've got to ask yourself, why? Where did that come from? Did someone give that to you? Why not? Like, what? why couldn't you? You know, the room is open for everyone to achieve what they want to achieve. But why couldn't you? You know, give, you know find the reasons. Because uh, if you know what you don't want, And if you know what is wrong, you then can also know what you do want and what is right. And for most clients I've dealt with, often that's the best starting point. It's going to the low-hanging fruit. Like what I don't want in life, is this is all this. And that way I know what I do want. So to bring this in for a landing, remember, we are never ever going to act outside of accordance with our value hierarchy. Our value hierarchies, what we value in our life, are determined in whole by the moral guidelines that we have, how we believe the world to be, 
how we behave in the world, how we perceive the world. And that is our overarching belief system. Belief systems are often identified by the internal narrative or the linguistic patterns that we have in our life. So what we say on a repeated basis can give a very good indication to the belief systems and structures we have. And if we're aware of this, we can change the beliefs we hold and we can rewire the way that we talk to ourselves. And then our actions are going to be very, very powerful because they're going to be the type of actions that move us to our goals, not away from them. So enjoy the exercise. Love going through it. This is Vaughn. I want to thank you for sticking with me and understanding your belief systems and your value hierarchies at a higher level. Thank you.